I shared kind of last week when we talked about, you know, just religions overall and how Christianity kind of stacks up. Uh, one of the things I shared was, um, I believe I shared, you know, I grew up and I grew up in a Christian home. And so, and even more so, my dad was a pastor, okay? Um, and so whenever I, I talk about like Christianity, um, a lot of it is like, because man, I, I grew up, my dad was uh, big into business and then he left the business world and became a pastor, which I thought was stupid. And uh, anyway, and so my dad became this pastor and then it was like, we got to see a side of like church and, and Christians that I didn't even know existed. And growing up as a kid in that environment, um, I, I remember I was the middle of uh, three boys and, and, and we just really struggled seeing things that we saw. Uh, you know, hearing about people, hearing about uh, things that, that people were doing behind the scenes or, or saying. And, and we just came away going, man, like it's such a hypocritical thing. Uh, what we're seeing and experiencing and people pretending to be something uh, in a church and then outside they're totally different. And, and so I just remember like thinking Christianity essentially was associated with being a hypocrite. I mean, that's how I looked at it growing up. And, and so uh, as I continue to grow up and I shared this last week, part of what I, I did when I got to college was like, okay, well, I'm going to prove that you're wrong. And uh, that's actually how I ended up uh, becoming a Christian. But I had a lot of doubts, and a lot of the doubts that I had when I was in college, when I was your age, those doubts came from what I saw, okay? And, uh, and, and some of the doubts also, I would say, that I experienced came from me actually not wanting to believe, okay? I, I want us to have a moment of honesty, right? Because there's certain things, you guys, that you actually don't want to believe that are actually true, like there's certain things that, that, that you're like, you don't even want to give your mind the opportunity to think that that could actually be true. You're, you're just determined that it's not, okay? There's certain things that literally, like you guys, you guys think that way. Um, like for me, I had resentment. I had resentment toward my parents and resentment towards Christians. And, and so I thought that these people were making these emotional, desperate, uninformed decisions and, and that was my view, I think, and, and that's where my doubts came from. Uh, the concept of God also, I think for people and, and for myself, it seemed too big uh, of an idea to actually be like true. It just seemed like, man, this is like too much. Um, and, and so as we think about where we're at uh, and what we're dealing with, the most important question when you think about the doubts that you have, um, and even some of you right now that, that are here that maybe you're like, man, I believe in everything in this book. There's certain doubts that you have. And I think for us, what's really important is, is to ask the real question with, for you is, where are you at? Like, where are you at in this journey when we talk about what it actually looks like to um, follow Jesus? You know, because for some of you, maybe you've never even thought about that. Maybe this is your first opportunity thinking about that. But for others of you, um, and you think about this idea or what it looks like in your life, you've got to ask where you're actually at. Um, because maybe you're here and, and this is something you just haven't even considered uh, maybe for some of us, when we think about where we're at right now, we're still holding on to essentially two different worlds. We're, we're trying to, we're, we're like, man, I, I'm, I'm down with this. I, I like what I'm hearing, but I also, I want to do all this. And so we're trying to hold on to both maybe. 
Um, maybe you're essentially kind of the poster child for, for, for Christians. You know, you serve, you go to church, you pray for people, you quote a bunch of verses. But if you're really honest with where you're at tonight, you actually have some serious doubts and those things have crept into your heart, into your mind, and you've asked yourself, what do I do with them? That's not allowed, right? Where do I take it? And, and so that's one of the questions that I hear a lot. And so let's ask this question. Where does doubt come from? Okay, it can come from many different things, but let's, let's look at some examples, okay? Um, doubt can come from what's happened to you or through what you've seen. Okay, so you can, doubt can creep in based upon what you've experienced, like for, for myself growing up, or in what you've seen, right? There's, there's certain um, characteristics of people that you have seen, and they said to you, I'm not like that, and you observe something different, and you said, no, I doubt that you're, what you're saying is true right now because I've seen you differently, okay? Um, for, for some of us, when we think about these doubts, um, our doubts have come from asking questions and the responses that we got to those questions created more doubts, okay? It's, it's very um, important that you think about where the truth that you're basing your life decisions off of, where that's coming from, okay? Because, I, man, I... There, there's a lot of times you'll ask a question or you'll go to some resource, some, some app or something and ask, like, what, what, what's the answer here? And, and people do this in Christianity too. Like, um, I call it like Instagram faith. And, and, and literally they find these things that, that they, they generally agree with and they take it on as their whole philosophy of life as their truth. And essentially uh, what ends up happening because it's not is it starts to create some major doubts, but they don't doubt their source, they doubt God. Okay, they doubt really the, the truths of what this book actually says. Sometimes we fight something because we know it will change our lives so deep down we don't really want to fully believe it. I know people that have literally said, I know what that means if I believe it, and so I'm not going to. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, there's also some of us that are honestly, we're looking to find things to doubt because we're just looking for a way out. Okay, we're, we're, actually, we're actually approaching this hoping to find something so that we have an out. Okay, like, and, and that's something that I've experienced as well, that, that, that we will look at, because then it justifies me not doing something. Um, we have doubts because we don't want it to be true. Uh, you know, like I said, that, that was me. Uh, I don't want it to be true, so I'm going to find ways that it's not. Maybe our doubts come from comparing our faith experience to other people. They seem more happy than me. They look like they're experiencing more of God than I am. Why is everything going right with them? Everything's going wrong with me. We say the same things. Uh, we believe the same things. What is going on? There's something wrong with my faith, right? So it creates doubt. Why would God create us and then hold us to a standard of living? That is impossible. Okay, nobody could do that. I doubt this. Um, difficult uh, seasons that cause us to focus on the problems and, 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 what's, and, and then what's wrong in our lives causes us to have these different doubts. 
Um, maybe our doubts are, are here because they've grown from unasked questions, right? So for some of us, we've got doubts, but we just never felt like we could ask some of those difficult questions. And so we just kept holding on to it. And our doubt actually just kept growing along with us. For some of us, our doubts come from a false view of what faith actually is. So it hasn't delivered on what we thought it was supposed to deliver. Okay, I've heard people say, I thought it was going to make me rich. That's what the pastor said. I'm not rich. Uh, I've heard people say, it says it's going to heal me. They said it would heal me. I'm not healed. So this, is, this isn't legit. I doubt it. And, and, and for some of us, our lives are led by our feelings. So when we aren't feeling like God is near or close uh, or involved in our lives, we naturally start to doubt. Because our feelings come into play and we listen to those, okay? Um, you know, like, I mean, how many of you have uh, been infatuated or in love with another person and they said they would call you or text you at a certain time and they haven't called you or texted you yet? What happens as each minute passes by? Oh my goodness, what's happened? I wonder if they're done with me. I wonder if it's over. I wonder if they found out. Like we, we literally start thinking of all of these things to the point where it's like, it's just like an hour past when they said they would try and call you and you're freaking out. You're like, everybody, what, what, you guys know what happened? Like where, where are we at? What, how did we get here? And I don't understand what's going on. That's your feelings, like literally hijacking your mind into something that like, mostly, most of the time, isn't even true, okay? And, and we do that in faith as well. So let's answer some of these questions um, and where we're at with faith. Hebrews 11.1, 1, uh, it, it talks about, it says this, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Okay, so, so when we talk about doubt, the opposite of doubt is faith. And, and in a different version of that verse, it says faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. So faith shows the reality of what we hope for. So having faith means that what we hope in is actually a reality to us. It's making what I place my hope in a reality. It's not some, it's not I'm, I'm hopeful for this. No, my hope, it's a reality to me. Okay, it's, it's even something that, that I acknowledge. I cannot see uh, this. I can't see the end result, but, but there's still enough evidence for me to place my hope and my faith and my trust in it. Um, and, and we see many times that we, uh, throughout scripture, we see the opposite of this type of faith. We, we see different reasons, different um, moments where people allow doubt or other things to hold them back. In John chapter 12, 37, uh, it says this, though he had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe in him. And, and then later on in 42 and 43, it says, nevertheless, many, even of the authorities, believed in him, but for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it so that they would not be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. So, you know, when, when we look at this, What's powerful to me is even with undeniable evidence, they refuse to believe. Even with undeniable evidence, they refuse to believe. Why? Why? Because of what it meant if they did. 
So it literally, because of the ramifications for believing and what they're actually seeing, they choose to literally go, I'm just not even going to believe it. I'm just not going to believe it because of what I know it means if I do, which is crazy. But like when you look at like some of us, we need to, we need to take a step back and look at our lives and see all that God has done to reveal who he is. And you need to own that, but then also get rid of the fears that maybe you've associated with going all in with him. Okay, so, so you know, for some of us, um, we have to literally step back and go, man, when I look at my life, when I look at like me being here even, and I look at the different things that have happened, different things that haven't happened, the moments where I was in this place, I shouldn't. I shouldn't have walked out of that. I did. The moments when I was here and I could have gone this way or that way, but I just felt like I was supposed to make this decision and it ended up being a huge decision, uh, maybe that even saved your life. And, and you look and you go, man, how I even got in this room, in this seat is actually a miracle. And God's like, yeah, I know I can do that. And instead of going like, okay, like, what do you have for me, God? I go, wait, I think this means that if I go all in with God, that, well, I have to do this and this and this and this and this. So I'm just going to deny this truth. I'm just going to deny it. I'm going to doubt it enough to where I don't have to change anything. Okay, and, and, and so... This happens. Stop focusing on what you'd potentially have to leave behind and focus on all that he offers you if you will pursue him. You know, it's interesting how often, you guys, we do this in every other area of your life. Like, it, when we think about how we make decisions, um, most of the time we make decisions thinking about all that this is going to bring to me, right? Right? Like, that's what we do. Like, if you get a job offer, most of the time you get infatuated with the salary, the position, what they're offering. Um, you know, if uh, when, when you think about even like making a team, when you think about um, maybe even getting accepted into college for, for some of you was a miracle and you got accepted and you just went, oh my gosh, and, and you started like looking at all that this brings, all the debt that this brings into your life. Um, or maybe um, even like you think about uh, for some of you, you like went out on a limb um, and, and you're like, I like this person. I'm going to ask them out. And you ask them out. And all you're thinking about is all that comes that's great with that decision. Right. You don't think about like, oh, wait, if if I actually start dating this person, I can't do all of this. I can't do all of that. Um, if, if I actually take this job, man, that means I have to move. That means I have to do all this. No, you're actually just like so focused on what it brings into your life. And so for a lot of us, we just like go for it. It's interesting when it comes to, uh, you know, the Bible and what God invites us into, I find a lot of people are like, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Wait. Okay, you're offering, but wait a second. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. And it's so weird how we will say with that, no, but he's already said, here I am. Look what I've done in your life. And, and he invites you into eternal life. He, he has all of this for you. But for whatever reason, we're like, we have this built up perception of what this means, what this looks like. And we go, no, no, I'm not going to have that. And so that's, that's one of the reasons that, that I ask 
um, people like, do you really want to believe? I'll ask people that when I meet with them, like, like when they're like, man, I'm doubting this. And, and I'll ask, well, do you really actually even want to believe? Because if you don't, you just have to own that you're actually not wanting to believe what you're about to hear. Okay. And, and, and when we don't want to hear something, what do we do? We don't listen. Okay, but if we're open to hearing something, then we start to um, give it an opportunity to, to become clear, to become evident. We actually look at it objectively. And, and so I think those are some of the things that we have to ask and wrestle through because a lot of times it has nothing to do with intellectual objections and it has everything to do with lifestyle and acceptance issues. You also need to know that in this book, in the Bible, it doesn't hide or try to trick us into not having doubts. Okay, that's what's really interesting. It shows all throughout all these individuals that we look at in here and go, man, that's impressive. And, and it shows their doubts. Like 60% of the book of Psalms, their laments, or, or in other words, God, where are you statements? Okay, that's doubt. <laughs> that's what it is, 60%. Um, you know, and, and, and I think like, God, why would you allow that in the Bible? Why don't you just edit that out? But he put it in there. Abraham believed, but he had many doubts. And then in um, Mark chapter 9, verses 20 through 27, it's a gnarly story. Jesus is on the scene. He's healing people. And, and just listen to this story and listen to what happens here. It says, and they brought the boy to him. They brought the boy to Jesus. And when the spirit saw him, this boy is possessed. Immediately it convulsed the boy and he fell on the ground and rolled about foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And it has often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe. Help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together. He rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, you mutant deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out and the boy was like a corpse so that most of them said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. Some of you love horror stuff, horror movies. You're like, that's a great story. Um, it's pretty crazy, but there's a moment in here that just every time I read this story, it stands out to me, and it's the father. And it's the father's response to Jesus, and it's something that like, I really think we need to look at. He says to Jesus what? I believe. Help my unbelief. I believe, but help me with my unbelief. You know, I think what's so powerful about this is you see this father like literally crying out for his boy who's going through just the craziest thing we could think of. And he's powerless, he can't do anything. And he's like, Jesus, like, help. I want to, I, I, I believe, kind of, you're powerful. I know that. Can you, like, like I, like, I, I want to believe so bad. Help me, help me get to the next place in my faith with you. Help me to believe, please, I'm crying out. And what do you see Jesus do there? 
This is what's so cool. This is what's so amazing about faith. Because every other religion, it's like your doubt and everything else, like get out, how dare you doubt, shame-based for any kind of doubt. And we see Jesus, what does he do in that moment? He like meets that father right there in that lack of faith, in the actual doubt, and then he heals his boy. And I think that's such a powerful thing because it's so contradictory to our nature. It's so contradictory to what we hear where it's mostly like, hey, your doubt, um, it excludes you from Jesus. Your doubt disqualifies you. How dare you doubt? I mean, that was kind of the message for me growing up. How dare you like question this, you know? And, and what I see is actually the opposite. You see Jesus actually, this, this father who's, I mean, it's like just straight, like he's got no agenda, nothing that, like he's just crying out on behalf of his little boy. He says, please, and, and I, I acknowledge your powerful, help me, help me with my belief because there's unbelief in me. And Jesus steps in there, you guys. He doesn't condemn him for his lack of faith. The only people he condemns for their lack of faith is his closest followers, his disciples. He's like, come on, are you serious? You still have lack of faith? You see what I did? I just walked on water. Like, I mean, but with this, like, look at this. This moment here with this, with this guy, and I just feel like there's so many of us in this room that are that guy. But we don't feel, because of our history, because of our background, we don't feel like we can actually cry out in that authentic and real and genuine way and just be honest and say, God, I want to believe. Right now, I've got a lot of doubt. Help me. Help me go the next step in this. We don't pray that prayer, you guys. You know what we do? We try and fake it or we just hold on to it and just try and play that Christian role. But we don't experience the like transformational moment. We don't experience even the moment where like, it's, I mean, it's literally a miracle where a son is healed and, 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 and we see that it is in response to this incredible moment with this father where he cries out to Jesus and Jesus responds. In John 7, 17, it says, If anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I am speaking on my own authority. In other words, as you will this, as you desire him uh, to, to fill in the gaps of your doubt, he meets you there. Okay, God responds and shows his truth, his will in that. Jeremiah 29, 13, it says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So when you seek me with all your heart, he says, you will find me. When you genuinely come to him and, and as you pursue him, he will meet you there. That's all throughout scripture. But what do you have to do? You have to pursue him. And as you pursue him, you bring even those doubts to him. You don't pretend they're not there. That's the power of Psalms. Psalms, when you read Psalms, it is literally this guy just crying out and being honest with God, and God continues to meet him there. Abraham, even with doubts, never gave up his will to follow God. Guys, faith is a verb, action associated. You need to pursue it. You need to choose it even when you don't feel like it. Okay, um, in, in marriage, when you guys get married, uh, if you get married, some of, no, I'm kidding, uh, like you, you know, uh, if you get married, you're going to have times when you don't feel like being married. Okay, like there's gonna just be times when like, and, and it happens. 
Like there's going to be times when, when you're like, man, I wish I wasn't married right now. I don't, I don't feel like loving her right now. You're going like, to feel that way, but then what do you do? You have to make a choice, right? Uh, kids, I, you know, I joke about my kids all the time, but there's genuinely times I'm like, man, I really don't like my kids. And I'm being honest. It, like my feelings are saying that, right? Now, I make a choice to love them in spite of that. Your occupation, whatever job you have, whatever job you're going to have, you're going to have times, and if it's your dream job, you're going to feel like, I don't, I don't want to go to work. You're going to feel like, I hate this part of my job. But then you have to make a choice, right? Uh, you think of uh, going to college, being in college. Like a lot of you are making a daily choice that you don't feel like making, especially if you're in a class you hate and you don't see the point to. What do you do? I'm done. No, you're not. You got to finish. And so what do you do? You get up and you make a choice based, not based on feelings. You make a choice on what you know. And so that's essentially what you have to continue to do, you guys. You're going to have doubts every day in your life. And you guys do have doubts every day in your life with all these other decisions. But you continue to move forward, what? By faith. You don't have any guarantee with college. You don't have any guarantee with a job. You don't have any guarantee with the person you're dating. or you're, Like, there's no guarantees. But you make daily choices by faith to continue to pursue what you believe you're supposed to do. Guys... It's so crazy that we do that and all these other things. And yet when it comes to a relationship with God, if something doesn't work out or something gets confusing or it feels distant, man, we throw in the towel. And it's like, no, you actually see the most powerful moments are when people actually take their doubts to God. But they understood all throughout, when we look at the Bible, they understood that it was a continual, persistent, um, you know, uh, it was an action-based pursuit of him. It was not this arrival moment. Guys, your, your, greatest, your greatest achievements, I want you to think like right now. <laughs> and maybe you're like, man, I don't know if I've achieved it. Think, think of like the greatest achievement you've done, okay? Think about it. The greatest achievement. Whatever that was, I'm just guessing there were doubts along the way to achieving it. That's always the testimony of the greatest achievements is that there were moments when I doubted. There were moments that I didn't think I could go on. There were moments when I wanted to give up and yet you kept going. You kept going. You pursued. You pursued. And all of a sudden, you're there at whatever your greatest achievement is, you arrive. Guys, I believe that to be living this life out by faith, it means you're actually going to have doubts. And some doubts actually reveal that we're taking the right steps of faith. Because when people don't experience any doubt, typically it means they're playing everything really, really safe. And, and so, you know, he's going to call you out of that. And, and we don't just pursue faith. This is the other thing that I want to encourage you with. You don't just pursue it. You also experience it. Okay, in Psalm 34, 8, it says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, taste and see. He's not saying, oh, listen to what I have to say. What is he inviting them into? Sounds like a meal, right? Oh, taste and see that he is good, like to experience God. 
Like I'm inviting you to experience him. Um, and, and, and so this, this is more than just like moving forward by faith. What this always comes back to is an invitation to actually experience him. Um, you know, if I, when I lived in San Diego, I, 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 towards the end when I was living down there the last, I don't know, three, four years, um, I really started to enjoy surfing. And I just loved it. It was like, it's free. The ocean's free. And you get out there, you got a board, and you can just, I mean, you just, it's amazing. You're out there. It's so peaceful. And as a pastor, I got a lot of problems. And so I'm just like, nothing. Nothing. Just waves. And I, I would go out there, and, and, and when I was first, like, picking it up, man, it's brutal. And just, like, paddling out is, like, the most difficult exercise I think there, there is, like when you're inexperienced. Have, you, have any of you ever tried to paddle out into the ocean? You're like, what? What are you talking about? Like, no. Well, it's hard, okay? It's hard. Just trust me, okay? Go down there one day when it's not locked down and just try it out, okay? Um, and then you'll go, oh, yeah, that's what we're talking about. So I would not say, hey, you guys, come watch me surf. You know why? Because I wasn't good. I wouldn't say, hey, stand up there and wave and I'll do all this stuff. No, I wasn't good. I loved it. You know what I would do? And, and I did this with people. I would say, you got to come out there and experience what it's like to just catch one wave. One wave, you just got to experience it. Because you can have the crappiest day and catch nothing and just be like pathetic and have all the regulars make fun of you. But you catch one wave and you're hooked, and then you're back, and you keep going because you experienced it. And, and, and so, you guys, when I talk to people, and they want to talk about their doubts, they talk about this, they talk about that, at the end of the day, I always say, what changed my life was the moment, my moment on the beach with God. It was an experience. It was an experience. And so, guys, when, when, I, when I talk about this and this journey and the walk by faith, Guys, like, like that's, yeah, that's a pursuit. It's a daily pursuit. But you know what? That pursuit that I have, it comes from actually experiencing him, right? It's just like when I would get up the next day and want to go surfing, and maybe I only caught one wave, two waves, three waves the day before, but I would want to go again because I had experienced it, and I know what that experience is like, and I know how life-changing it is. And so I wake up the next day, and I want to pursue it some more, and I want to keep going. And guess what? There's days when you experience less of, of this or that, or, or things are more challenging, or, 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 or just like life is different, but you keep forward because you have experienced God and what he has done in your life. It's changed it. So guys, when we talk about being a disciple, a disciple, or a disciple is, is a follower of something. Being a disciple of Jesus, it means you're a following learner. That's what it means. You're a following learner. It's a process. It's not an arrival. And what removed my doubts was experience him, experiencing him. Like that's what removed my doubts at the end of the day. It was like, it's undeniable what I'm experiencing, what's happened in my life and the change in it and what my friends see and that my desires are different. Like that's, that's the most undeniable thing uh, for me. And I just see that reality now in my life and in the motivations for my life. And even in times where guys, he feels distant. There are times he feels distant for me. There, like I can always draw back on what I've experienced with him. 
So in those moments where I feel a certain way, I go, no, you're not going to hijack what I know to be true. And I go back to what I've actually experienced with him, what I've walked through. Um, my years two through six in my marriage, they were really tough. I was traveling quite a bit. I was speaking at different locations a lot during the week. And, and, and just, it, was, it was just chaotic uh, years two through six in our marriage. And, 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 we all, and I, I remember like there were times that we would just feel really distant. Um, and, and I, but I would, I would always be like so excited because when I get back to the airport or whatever, and I would see her, it was just like, man, it was like a reminder of, of how much we love each other. And so whenever I would like start to, uh, have like, like just little doubts that would creep in or, or this or that, I could always go back on what I knew to be true because I, we, we had like a deep rooted, like love for each other. We, we had experienced that. And guys, the same is true when we've experienced God in our lives. The same is true. You, you're going to have some times of doubt. You're going to have some times of distance. You're going to have some times when you're closer than times you're not. But based upon what you have experienced with him, you can still move forward by faith. And I'll just say this, faith and doubt, can, can, they can coexist. And you can still pursue and experience God. He doesn't demand perfect faith, you guys. He just demands surrendered faith. Surrendered faith is this, you're in control. That's what it is. It's just giving him control. Doubts happen when I take the steering wheel. That's when doubts happen. Because you're not the best at leading your life. You're just not. And the more you try and lead your life, the more you're going to doubt your decisions. When he's leading your life, you can go back and go, I know you to be good. I know you love me. And I'm going to let you take my life on the journey that you desire for it. This job, my schooling, this relationship, it's yours. And I surrender that. And as you surrender that, he continues to build you up. He continues to meet you there. And you're honest with him. And he meets you in that place. I meet so many people, they've never experienced him because they've just never been honest with him. They've never been honest with their doubt. Guys, if nothing else tonight, be honest with where you're at with him. And if you're still holding on, if you're trying to cling to two different worlds, man, let go. Let go. Surrender. That's all he's asking. He's not asking for you to have perfect faith. He, you experiencing him in your life, it doesn't mean that everything's going to just be wonderful all the time. It's going to be challenging, but you can always go back and you desire to go back because he's so good and he's faithful to you. Let me pray.